0: What's up, everybody? It's the ShowMeFootball.com podcast back again to talk Chiefs-Chargers. And as everybody knows by now, the Los Angeles Chargers defeated the Kansas City Chiefs by a final score of 38-21. to But um, everyone knows this game didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. The Chiefs already locked up the number one seed in the AFC. And this game didn't matter to them. Or matter to them, excuse me. Like, it just, like, I mean, they got everything locked up. Uh, and this actually, this win or uh, loss, I mean, actually probably benefits us even more because one, the 15 and one curse is no longer there. We're 14 and two. Secondly, Anthony Lynn has momentum of being retained as head coach. And then the chargers get a worse draft pick. So, I mean, this is nothing but a win despite the loss on the scoreboard. So today I am joined by Connor as always. So Connor, uh, Actually, hold on. Before I let you speak, I just want to say I didn't catch that much of this game. Um, They didn't even have it on uh, national television in my area. Um, I watched a few minutes on an illegal stream, but that was it. But uh, I'm not sure how much you watched either, Connor, but uh, what are your uh, takeaways from this game?
1: Well, first off, uh, I missed a decent amount of the game. Uh, just because I was watching the games that mattered, you know, like deep down, I was kind of hoping that uh, we would uh, drop the game, you know, to get rid of the 15 and one curse and uh, Anthony Lynn being retained and Uh everything that you just said. Uh, But I really didn't care too much either way. So I was watching games that uh, mattered on red zone. Uh, But I mean, I feel like I saw enough, Uh, you know, uh, DeAndre Baker before his horrific injury didn't really look fantastic and Chad Henney uh, has great numbers but it felt like every pass he threw was a screen pass to Darwin tops yeah. so uh, that's pretty much my, uh, my initial takeaways from the game not really too much to be invested in.
0: Yeah so I'm just gonna go over a couple stats so for, on the Chargers side of things uh, Justin Herbert uh you know, he's actually had a really good season. I'm honestly kind of scared if the chargers can actually put together a good roster and coaching staff around him. Cause he is like legit uh 302 yards and three touchdowns today for him. Um, but, uh, for the chiefs on defense, uh, they, I mean, the chargers scored 38. Uh, there's no sugarcoating the defense, but I mean, you know, you had the Deandre Baker injury, the Willie gay injury. I mean, Colin freaking Saunders is out there playing outside linebacker, uh, uh, standing straight up so can't expect too much uh Darius Harris uh I'm not impressed with him at all also Bo Pete Keys got some run today and uh Bo Pete Keys did not look all that great though he did have six tackles so um credit there I guess um but someone who just i you saw today he, why he was a special teams player for a reason. Antonio Hamilton. Um, and Connor, I know Antonio Hamilton's one of your favorite players. So uh, oh, any, yeah. anything yeah. you want to say about him? Uh,
1: well, I was hoping that because of DeAndre Baker, we could cut him because he is a horrendous, horrendous corner. He is not good in any sense. Uh, and she, he's a. He's one of those players that Chiefs fans just seem to defend for some weird reason. But uh, no, I can't stand Antonio Hamilton. He is who we thought he was, and uh, that's pretty much it. You know, nothing really to write home when it comes to Antonio Hamilton, except for the fact that we lost DeAndre Baker, and uh, we have seen Bo Peaky struggle. So really the only takeaway is, hey, our corner room isn't as deep as we thought it was a few weeks ago. You know, we were really optimistic about this corner room uh, with uh, the DeAndre Baker signing. But but now, you know, I'm really hesitant of it going into the playoffs. I really uh, wish we could have got got out of this game without that injury. That one hurts really bad
0: yeah so uh circling back to uh antonio hamilton real quick he's just supposed to be a special teams guy he's not supposed to be playing corner and uh like he's basically your new jordan lucas since jordan lucas left like jordan lucas like was just mainly a special teams guy although with jordan lucas i was actually impressed with him at times whenever he was on the field antonio hamilton not at all because at the beginning of the year when sneed was out and um breeland was out on suspension and all that stuff like uh, hamilton got some run and uh Quite frankly, he looked horrible. So yeah, I don't want to see him playing corner. And then you mentioned it with the Andre Baker, like that just sucks, man. I was so excited for him. And the big thing with the Andre Baker was he's supposed to be a big part of the future. He was a, he was an awesome snag for us and uh, someone with a lot of potential, you know, a former first round pick, uh, in 2019. So that, that just really hurts. And it, it was a really bad looking injury. It took me a while to find a video of it, but I did. And, uh, the whole lower half of his leg just, uh, it, it was flying around like it wasn't connected to anything. It looked really bad, but, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a broken femur according to Andy Reid, which, I mean, I don't – I'm not sure where that is on the spectrum of, like, bad injuries to really bad injuries, but um, regardless, uh, we won't be seeing DeAndre Baker for a while. That was pretty bad, although I, would, I guess I would rather it be a broken bone than a – like a torn ACL or something, but I'm not I'm not too sure. But that really sucks because I was really excited for DeAndre Baker. Uh, he's someone that I thought was like a upgraded version of Charvarius Ward. So that really sucks. But uh, yeah, I think I, you're not supposed to take a ton from a week 17 game where starters were resting. But I just I think it says. It's a little bit telling about the Chiefs' uh, depth on defense when you allow 416 total yards of offense to the Chargers. Although, again, Justin Herbert's really good and they weren't playing starters in this game against us. But, um, oh, well, I mean, I guess you can't read into it too much. But also, I've seen a handful of Chargers fans saying, uh, put respect on Justin Herbert and the Chargers name after this game. I just knew there was going to be a handful of Chargers fans that somehow – would find a way to celebrate a Week 17 game against the Chiefs in which Chad Henney and Darwin Thompson were your stars of the offense?
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Darwin Thompson, you know, people are going to say he had a great game, and I guess he looked pretty good, but he really didn't look like anything special, which I feel like this is what we've said about literally every running back except for Le'Veon. Like, we're really optimistic about Le'Veon, but every other running back. at least to me is just kind of meh you Mm know uh but yeah I wasn't crazy about Darwin Thompson and like okay cool he had a good game but I guess if we need to throw a screen pass in the playoffs we have our guy
0: yeah Darwin Thompson like I don't he had a really good game like if I'm being honest like he did have a good game he had 45 yards on 14 carries and a touchdown but uh, where he really made his money is in the receiving game, uh, seven receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown. Uh, th- that that was surprising to me because the Chiefs just have not utilized their running backs in the passing game at all this year. And Darwin Thompson has one of the most effective uh, games of a running back this year, uh, receiving-wise. That was just really interesting to me. I don't know if that was just because, you know, Chad Henney was Mr. Checkdown this game. Um, but... Darwin Thompson looked really good. So, I guess, uh, you know, if like Le'Veon Bell were to go down and Clyde's not ready, like, I guess you can at least feel comfortable with Darwin Thompson in the rotation. So, uh, that's what I take away from this game. But Chad Henney was actually pretty good 23 of 32 for 218 and two touchdowns. Um, And then Byron Pringle, uh, I know he, you haven't been super high on him. I think I was a little bit higher on him than you, but, um, you know, didn't think he was anything special. He looked impressive, I thought. And um, I think he's someone that will be in line to get, you know, significant snaps, assuming uh, Sammy Watkins doesn't come back and we have a small hole at receiver and we don't, like, uh, that's assuming we don't add anyone else. So, but even then, like, I feel like Byron Pringle could have a slightly bigger role in this offense next year.
1: Yeah, I i wasn't, like, anti-Byron Pringle. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hate him as much as I hate Dieter. Like, I still despise Dieter, but uh, uh, once, I think it was, yeah, it was the Broncos game where Pringle took the kickback to the house. Yeah. That's when I guess kind of got on the Garrett, I almost said Garrett Dieter. (laughs) Byron Pringle train. I'm never getting on the Garrett Dieter train. I don't care what he
0: does. There is no Garrett Dieter uh, train.
1: The way I think about Pringle is he's kind of like, uh, a good fourth guy and a good return man mm-hmm. uh, almost like the Anthony Thomas maybe yeah you know, I'd, I'd feel comfortable with Byron Pringle as my return man I'd really like that I think he's the type of guy who could get lucky and make a pro bowl uh, as a returner but I wouldn't be very happy if he's the number three receiver on the team
0: yeah I definitely agree with that because um you know, Byron Prinkle's been solid. You just don't want him as, like, number three. I, I think I'm comfortable with him at number four, I'd say. But uh, Gary Dieter, uh, since you mentioned him, I just wanted to say, I, I I hate how he gets so many opportunities for really no reason at all. Like, every time there's a COVID call-up at receiver or, like, if they need a body on special teams, it's always Dieter for some reason. And I just – I don't know why they keep messing around with him. I mean, he just – he doesn't really bring anything to the table. I was really hoping they'd call someone up like Jody Fortson, who I thought has been very impressive um, back in preseason of last year, and uh, just has a he he's someone that could be a potential red zone threat of the future. I mean that dude is massive, and uh, he's not very fast, but again, like he he's like your he's your stereotypical uh, possession receiver type guy. And I just think he brings more to the table Uh, even as a special teams player too. Like everyone will point to that uh, one fumble in the 2018 AFC championship and be like, Oh, but remember when Dieter did that, you know, he picked up that like, okay, well anyone on special teams, all they had to do was just be in place to pick up that fumble. It's not like Dieter actually did anything. Like uh, if you got, if, yeah, if you guys remember, uh, Jody Fortson actually forced a fumble on special teams in preseason uh, against Green Bay uh, last year as well. So, like, he sh- like I just, I, I, wish Jody Fortson would get a shot. I really do. I, I don't understand the Garrett Dieter love.
1: Well, here's the thing. Looking at Jody Fortson, he looks like an absolute monster of a human being. The dude is huge, and he's played well when he's gotten opportunities. Yeah. And the thing with Garrett Dieter is he's gotten a lot of opportunities – but he hasn't really done anything with them. He had a catch for 10 yards today, whoop de doo Uh, but answer me this. When has there ever been a tall, lanky, white guy that's been a good receiver? I can't think of any good wide receivers that were both tall, white, and lanky.
0: Uh, Yeah, now that you mention it, I, I wouldn't have an answer for that. And Garrett Dieter's not going to be the first. I can tell you that right now. I wouldn't even see, uh, or I wouldn't even say, Gary Dieter is tall or lanky. He's closer to Tyree Killin size than he is Jody Fortson. Although no one even really comes close to Jody Fortson. But um, comparing Gary Dieter to Tyree Kill is super disrespectful or disrespectful to um, God, Tyree Kill. So I. I, I hate to be the guy that – well, not really. I, I hate to be the guy that, like, hates on all of our players, but, like, why does Dieter have a spot on the team? <laughs> I, and like I said to you, I have never been more pissed that two players from my own team made the Pro Bowl and Frank Clark and Eric Fisher, but that's a whole other story.
1: Because they didn't deserve it. The Pro Bowl is a joke.
0: Yeah abolish fan voting also abolish week 17 of the NFL season please can we get rid of it and they're because these injuries man so let's just talk about the Willie Gay one real quick so it was kind of scary or Willie Gay came out of the game very early got rolled up on by Darius Harris and for a second I was like well damn it here it is this is the unlucky week 17 injury that absolutely no one wanted it was the one guy we couldn't afford to get hurt last year it was Juan Thornhill in the last game of the season this year it's Willie Gay although it sounds like it won't be too serious uh Andy Reid said it was a sprained ankle so um ankle definitely better than a knee in my opinion so nothing too bad uh it sucks that Willie Gay couldn't get um a ton of playing time now because he got hurt in this game this is a good opportunity for him to get up to speed before the playoffs but also at the same time like i kind of questioned why he was playing like if you're the Chiefs and there's anyone um that you think can be a contributor in the playoffs then why i just don't understand why you'd even throw them in for even a play so um i feel like that was kind of foolish and i said that on twitter and someone was like Dude, then we wouldn't even be able to field the team. And I was like, I literally don't care if we can't field the team. Like, this game means nothing. Sure, go ahead, forfeit. Like, honestly. But, um, I, and I even said, I don't care, put Deshaun Morton at linebacker. And, um, they kind of did that. Uh, they put Colin Saunders at linebacker, which is a similar move to what I, uh, suggested. So, yeah, like, if you have to, like, I don't know, put freaking Garrett Dieter at linebacker. I don't care
1: put Frank Clark and Eric Fisher out there, it's not like they're going to contribute anything (laughs) in the
0: playoffs. Oh, you're going to get some hate for that one.
1: Good. (laughs) I welcome it.
0: Also, uh, something I wanted to point out, Yassir Durant played a lot today, and he actually looked pretty good.
1: I'm happy to see Yassir (laughs) Durant. Yeah, for sure. I I was talking with one of our friends before the game. And I said that I think this starting line um, offensive line that we have is probably our best combination is they replaced um, Ryder with um, Kilgore. Kilgore. I don't know why I forgot Kilgore for a second. And then you had like Wiley replaced with Wiz. Um, I don't know who was that right tackle, but I know they had you see playing left. Yeah. And, but yeah, you know, no Fisher, Ryder or Wiley. I'm down for it.
0: Yeah, and something I will point out, um, the Chiefs pass rush in this game got three sacks, which is kind of out of the norm. Uh, Tim Ward had one, and he also had five tackles. And I I didn't know a lot about Tim Ward. He's been on the practice squad for a long time now. Um, actually looked good today. Uh, DeAndre Baker had one of the sacks, and unfortunately he went out. Um, so that's sad. But Alex Okafor had the other one. And Alex Okafor has looked good in recent weeks. So, um Much more productive pass rush without Frank Clark. Go figure,
1: (laughs) dude. At the start of the broadcast, they're like, "Well, the Chargers don't have to worry about the game wreckers, Chris Jones and Frank Clark up front." When has he ever wrecked the game?
0: The last time I can I can honestly say Frank Clark like truly impacted a regular season game was probably that he was in Seattle. Uh, yeah, well, I, I was gonna say that uh, Chargers game uh, in Mexico City. I thought that one Frank Clark had a good game, but besides that, I just I, I, he hasn't stood out too much to me.
1: Send him Cana- uh, send him to the Canadian Football League. He obviously can't play in America. <laughs> oh, <God.
0: laughs>
1: I love how he didn't even play, and this is just turned into us making fun of him again.
0: I know every <laughs> single time, but you know what? Here's someone we can make fun of. McCole Hardman. So, um, Alex, uh, someone else who writes for our site uh, now on Show Me Football, he made, he wrote up an article this week about three players to watch with the starters out, and one of them was McCole Hardman. Like this is a real opportunity for him to like, you know, show why we drafted him in the top one hundred and everything like that. McCole Hardman had two receptions for twenty five yards today, and he also had a kick return in which he fumbled the ball and turned it over to the Chargers, which uh, allowed them to score, I believe. Um, Rashad Benton looked way better at kick return. They had him there a couple times today, and he just looked way... It's just like every one that they put back there that isn't McCole Hardman seems to be better than McCole Hardman, and it's like so obvious at this point. Um, also, Rashad Benton, I must note, uh, Andy Reid said his ankles hurt after the game, so that's something to monitor, but hopefully he'll be all right. Um but the thing with McCole, man, is just he has not shown any sort of improvement. I mean, his speed is the only thing going for him. He has no field vision at all or anything. And I also said this before we started recording, but uh, Herbie Teope, I think that's how you say it, who covers the Chiefs. Um, whenever McCole fumbled, he was like, Dave Tobe won't be happy. I was like, dude, I'm not happy with Dave Tobe. Like, why is, does he have so much faith in Hardman going back there?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Initially, I was skeptical when I saw Fenton go back to return kicks, mm-hmm. uh, but he did a much better job than Hardman. And I think in the playoffs, that job has to go to Byron Pringle. I think it just has to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what McCall Hardman shows. And, um, you know, we, me and you both have gotten into arguments on Twitter about, you know, McColl Hardman's progression and just how we're disappointed. That pick – it's starting to look like a little bit of an indictment on Veach's drafting. So I have some numbers in front of me here, okay? So McCall Hardman, through his first two years in the league, has 1,073 yards and 10 touchdowns. Here are some other players that were drafted after him in their numbers. DK Metcalf, 2,182 yards and 17 touchdowns. Looks like a bona fide star and number one receiver. A.J. Brown has 1,975 yards and 18 touchdowns. And again, looks like a bona fide number one receiver for his team. Debo Samuel has only four touchdowns, but he has 1,193 yards. And I must say, Debo Samuel has only played seven games this year and has been out a lot due to injury. And he still has a little bit of a leg up on Hardman. And then Hardman's return numbers this year have been atrocious. So, On kick returns, Hardman is averaging 20.4 yards per return, and basically what that means is we're better off uh, taking a touchback more often than we're better off uh, McColl taking it out. Uh, McColl just doesn't know when to let it bounce or when to take a fair catch or anything. Punt returns are even worse. McColl is averaging 7.3 yards per punt return. He only has one punt return this year of 20-plus yards, and he only has one of 40-plus yards, and that was the touchdown against Miami a couple weeks ago. And if you take away that, his average falls almost below five yards per punt return.
1: Oh, but Josh, he would be a number one receiver on every other team. Don't you know?
0: No, I don't know. I've been t- so I've been told.
1: Yeah, what a fantastic take. And if you disagree, you're sexist.
0: Yeah, folks, if you don't know what he's referencing, please just t- check out Show Me Football Twitter. That's at Show Me FB. Uh, we got into a debate with someone who said Michael Hartman would be a number one receiver on any other team. And that's just a strange hill to die on for me. And on top of that, one of the people we were debating was a female. And then uh, the people we were debating with started saying that we're sexist for saying a female was wrong with her football take. So. Yeah. Uh, welcome to 2021. Anyways, uh, McColl, he, I just like, it's really frustrating that whole pick because um, I feel like a couple years ago, most chiefs fans would comfortably say like, look, the chiefs have like a top receiving core in the league. Right. But um, you know, with Sammy most likely walking that leaves um, McColl as your number two. And I think most fans would be pretty upset if McCole Hardman became the number two receiver next year. Uh, And I wouldn't blame them because I love Tyreek, but he can't carry the load by himself and injuries happen. Uh, If McCole becomes the number two, uh, I I would be kind of worried.
1: I don't know how credible it is, but I've seen a lot of weird links between the Chiefs and Marvin Jones. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'd be happy with that
0: yeah so i actually wrote about this i wrote an article about targeting marvin jones and uh it's really a lot of fans would be like oh well, where would the chiefs get the money from so let let's say they cut eric fisher and mitchell schwartz's season. That, that gives them <laughs> that gives them at least like 14 million right there in cap um and then uh alex okafor as well if they cut him that saves them a little bit of money um, Sammy Watkins, his nine million also comes off the books. So, like, you get my point. That, like, you know, if the Chiefs really want Marvin Jones, like, there's a way. Like, Veach will he he knows all that cap stuff. If he really wanted to, they could definitely add him. So, Marvin Jones, he's gonna be 31 this off season, and he signed a, I believe it was a five-year, forty million dollar extension with the Lions back in 2016. Um that's probably the best he's going to get in his career. I mean, I just don't see a guy uh, who's going to be on the right wrong side of 30 and openly says he wants to play for a contender. Um, I don't see how he can expect to get um, larger than that Lions deal that he first got. So I'd say you off. So he's making about 9 million per year now, somewhere around there. Right. So if he wants to play for a contender, like he has said, um, uh, he said, he's uh, looks forward to testing free agent waters. So, If I was Veach, I would offer him something like three years, 21 million. That pays him about 7 million per year till he's about 34. And he'd actually be an upgrade over Sammy Watkins, in my opinion. He's a little bit more dependable.
1: The only problem that I think you would look into if you brought in Marvin Jones to replace Sammy Watkins is we've never seen Marvin Jones in the playoffs. But then again, when we brought in Sammy Watkins, we really hadn't seen much playoff Watkins before. Yeah. But um, I would definitely be down to bring in Marvin Jones. And I don't think it's super unrealistic to say uh, next year our top three receivers uh, could be Tyreek, uh, Sammy, and Marvin. But I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, Sammy's happy here. Sammy got his bag. Sammy likes winning championships. Marvin Jones has played for the Lions and the Bengals his career, uh, throughout his career. Uh-huh. I think he'd be willing to take a pretty cheap contract to be a number one or to be on a Super Bowl contender.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like you know that's the Chiefs Mahomes effect. People like to call it. Um, like I, I'm sure there's going to be mutual interest as soon as he hits the market. Um, so that's basically all I have to say about this game. Uh, and all that but uh so let's just look a little bit ahead so oh my bad uh the chiefs will either play the colts browns ravens or titans which one of those matchups do you think is the most likely and which one of those matchups would you most like to see or do you think is uh favorable for the chiefs
1: i think that i think it's going to be the titans uh because they kicked the crap out of baltimore last year this time, it's the same exact matchup, except for Baltimore is a worse team, and uh, so I think it's safe to say that it's going to be Tennessee, mm-hmm. but as for the team I'd most like to play, I think that Baltimore is, uh, we, we can beat Baltimore, but they're a pretty good team. Indy might give us some fits, kind of like they did last year, but I ultimately think we can beat them pretty easily. Well,
0: that indie game last really to... year was kind of a fluke just because of how many injuries we had and all that but also this time around like i think the colts might be our most favorable matchup because while while they are a well-rounded team i'm just i, I i'm not scared of philip rivers in january and he's by far the worst starting quarterback out of these teams
1: yeah uh, but they have a great defense and that's what concerns me you know DeForest mm-hmm. buckner against austin ryder you know that's... well
0: <laughs> you That'd know, intimidating. We did see that in the Super Bowl last year though.
1: Yeah, and our offensive line was pathetic in that Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, it was. I will admit. But uh yeah, I mean, probably like the Colts or you said Ravens, I think we've 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 owned the Ravens enough. I'd be comfortable playing that game again.
1: I think we'd kick the crap out of the Browns.
0: <laughs> I would like that too. I think
1: the Browns are frauds.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they They barely beat, um, uh, what's his name? Mason Rudolph today. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, you just got to hope everyone gets healthy and really all these games are winnable in the end. It's, I mean, we are the Chiefs after all, you just got to hope we flip that switch, you know, that magical switch everyone talks about.
1: Oh yeah. And, I mean, I have decent faith that it's going to flip on in the divisional round. Yeah. I'm not really scared of any of these teams. I could see a couple of them upsetting us, but I'm not like shaking at the thought of playing them.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. So, um, you know, we'll definitely make a more or another podcast, um, depending on who the matchup is and review it um, after that goes down. So uh, that'll be fun. But um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about in this podcast?
1: No, this was by far the most boring game of the year because it literally did not matter at all.
0: Well, I did want a game where I can just relax and not worry about injuries or losing or anything. And uh, that was what this game was supposed to be. And I still couldn't get it. <sighs> Life of a Chiefs fan. <laughs> I-, I-, I wanted one all year long and we just didn't get one. So ah, whatever. That's it for this week. Uh, make sure you check out www.showmefootball.com for more. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.